Welcome to JW's Brainwaves, where I'm your host, Jessica Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Shirley Brooks. And today we have a very special show. I'm so excited. I literally couldn't sleep <laughs> last night because of the show, and um, I'm happy to get it started. Uh, we have two special guests. Well, excuse me, three special guests. <laughs> Although they're looking at me saying, you should not say special. We are just guests. <laughs> But um, it, it is truly amazing um, to have these individuals here and uh, chatting with us. And I'm so thankful and grateful for this moment. Okay. Yep. I'm pretty happy they're here, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, we do have um, uh, Miss Wanda Williams, who, who um, is actually from, she and I go way back to uh, elementary school, I guess that's what it was called at the time. And um, she did bring her husband along with her today as her, as her support and as part of her caregiving team. That's and, her boo. <laughs> <laughs> and we also, have, <laughs> we also have Joe, who's going to give us some of his um, insight into uh, some of the people that he's come in contact with who've had uh, brain injuries, and he's um, done a little bit of writing, you know, about these people and their conditions, and he's going to share with us some of the things that he's seen and um, over the past few years also. But to get our show started, <clears throat> we have um, actually put together a format, which I think is pretty interesting today. Um, we will be discussing uh, mainly um, Miss Wanda Williams, her uh, pituitary, pituitary tumor right. that she had, um, ex- had experienced. experienced and right. we're also going to, sorry to cut you off, Mom, um, chat with she Joe with his off. experience in the sports arena um, and what he's seen through his career with TBIs and his experience as well. Um so let's start with Miss Wanda and her husband, um, Mr. Laney. Okay. Great. Right. So, um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about your story. First and foremost, how did you guys meet? That's a good one. <laughs> start there. Uh, well, <laughs> we actually met at, at a wedding. We, uh, my cousin, and one of his best friends got married. And we met at rehearsal, and one thing led to another, and... And then came Lenny Jr., and and (laughs) you guys got married, and we had Lenny Jr., and... Now, now, it'll be 33 years that we've been married in in September. So, um... That's great. That's amazing. Considering these days, we don't have people married longer than 33 days. I know, I know. (laughs) Isn't that about the length of, um... It was a Kim Kardashian's wedding oh, yeah. God. marriage, right? <laughs> usually, usually. <laughs> so, um, but that's great. That's great. But um, Wanda, I did want to ask you though, um, as, regarding your your tumor. When did you know something was wrong? What led you to believe that something was wrong or something was not right? Well, actually, I was at work, and um, I was having problems um, trying to see. So my sight was like, was very blurry. 
And I just said, well, maybe it was just that I needed new glasses. So I called my eye doctor. Um, I told him what I was really experiencing. And the receptionist said, well, what I was explaining to her um, didn't sound like it was just my eye glass. I needed new eyeglasses and that she wanted to see, see me right away. So that particular night, I went to the eye doctor. And as they did the different um, tests uh, to see if I was colorblind and, and so forth, I couldn't see. I couldn't see nothing. Um, everything was like a blur to me. So um, I kept saying to the doctor, am I going blind? And he just kept saying, just let me do what I got to do. Um, mm -hmm. So I was in his office for about three hours. He was doing all kinds of tests. And at the end, he said, uh, I need you to go to see a, a, a neural ophthalmologist tomorrow. And uh, he set it up and... and I went to the New Jersey Neuroscience Institute in, um, at JFK Hospital and saw the ophthalmologist there. Um, and then they, uh, they took some tests. Mm -hmm. And originally they thought maybe I might have had MS. So um, they put me on a steroid right away. And then they started taking, um, they did an MRI. And... They said that uh, they found out that I had a um, pituitary uh, edema wow. um, that was on top of my optic nerve. So after they kind of told you that information, I'm sure you were a little frazzled. Very. And, uh, so how did you even explain this to your family, to your husband? <laughs> that it was... It was very frightening. Um, I didn't know, know how to, to even explain it. I had two young children at the time. Well, my daughter was, she was six and wow. mom, she was 10. She was 10 and my son was 16. Um, but um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, when you hear brain tumor, mm -hmm. first thing you, it's like, how long do I have? Right. So I'm like, oh my God, my kids, I'm going to leave here. And what am I going to do about my kids? So um, when the doctor told me, I, I called my husband because they told me that I also had to go downstairs to, to do like some pre-emission um, mm -hmm. um, testing and so forth. So I called him and I told him, you know, that I needed to, to go and do that. And um, then I went home and I was like, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Wow. I don't know what to say to him. I don't know what to say yeah. to my kids. And um, I remember him saying, you know how to pray. Just, just, just go in the room and, and, mm -hmm. and just, you know, pray about it. And, and that's what I did. And then um, we kind of tried to, you know, explain it as best we could to, to the kids because we didn't know exactly right. where it was going to be. I'm going to actually stop you there. We're going to go and take a quick break, and then we'll come back to how you explained it to your kids, if you don't mind. Um, guys, we'll be right back soon. Welcome 
back to JW's brainwaves, and we were just discussing with uh, Wanda and Lenny Williams um, how she was able to go back home and explain to her family what the doctors were telling her that she had uh, going on with her. She'd been experiencing some loss of sight at work. She went to the doctors, and they were telling her that... uh, Things were a little bit more serious than what she thought they may have been. So we were where we left off, where we were just asking her how did how was she able to go back home, and explain this to her family and, and you know especially her children because at the time her children, very you know, young. they were very young and that's a lot to put on your family, you know, not to mention what she was trying to deal with, you know, herself. So uh, Wanda, when you got home, and you know you. Again, I'm sure you just you spoke to your husband first, right? And your husband, you know, told you to, that you're, you know, you're a woman of prayer, a woman of faith. Go in there, in in your prayer closet, and you pray about this thing. Yes. So after you did that, you came out, and you had to speak to your children. So what did you say to your children? I can't imagine yeah, what how, you how even, to have that conversation. Really, have how to have a conversation like that with your children. So, you know, as far as you can remember, what did you say to your children? Well, basically, I didn't want to scare them. Um, And I I just wanted them to feel that whatever happened to me, there's a reason for everything. And I just, I I would tell them, um, just believe everything is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is is what's going to happen. I'm going to have to go. I'm gonna to have to have surgery. Um, at that time, I I thought that they were gonna go through my nose for the surgery, mm-hmm. so I didn't think it was gonna be as intense as it ended up being. Um, so we kind of tried to downplay it, mm-hmm. but knowing that it could have went um, anyway. Right. Um, but we didn't tell them everything. Right. I didn't. Um, in fact, the it was a couple of weeks ago. My son had asked me about um, uh, pretty much, you know, what my odds and stuff were at that time. And, mm-hmm. and then I explained to him some stuff, and he's like, "Wow, I never knew." Mm-hmm. You know. So I didn't want to scare him at that time, but you know, um, we just wanted them to to understand that. Right. Something could happen. What were their reactions, if you don't mind sharing? They were very scared, especially my daughter. Mm -hmm. My daughter was, um, in fact, when I first came home from the hospital um, and my head was was wrapped, my daughter for for almost two weeks would not come near me. Wow. Because she was so scared. Mm -hmm. um, I had... um, staples in my head mm-hmm. so and it needed to be aired out but I couldn't right. take my wrap off around her in front of because it, yeah. it really scared her so I had to try to do things while she was at, at school and right. stuff like that wow. because so, you had, you had what, what happened is we lived in a two family house so we lived downstairs and my mother at the mm-hmm. time she was alive was upstairs so mm-hmm. my daughter would Rather than come close to her mother, she would go upstairs. Oh no, I'm going. I'm going with grandma. I can't. 
I gotta go with grandma. I can't. I can't be here. Right. Oh. Yeah. And then, then we yeah. ask her, "What's the matter? You afraid? Don't be afraid of mommy." Oh no, no, I'm not afraid, but I, I'm going upstairs. Yeah. Right. It's so around a lot for them to take in. Around what time was that? Like, uh, like was that early two thousands nine? Um, my actual surgery was um, May thirtieth of two thousand two. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lenny, so now, how did you deal with it? I mean, you know, we understand. Uh, your your daughter's feelings, you know, because she's a young child. Um, but you, you, I'm sure you had to be strong for everybody. Yes. So, yes, so, how, so how did I, you I, deal with you this? Know, I, I was taught, you know, to have faith mm-hmm. in the man upstairs, and I, I did a lot of praying. Yeah. And then I said, well, if something happens, if 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 it goes to the the bad side, worst case scenario, I just have to. Do what I have to do to to, to have my kids grow up, and I, and I have to reach out to my extended family to right. to no give problem. me a hand in mm-hmm. doing that. Right, yeah. but especially trying to raise a daughter. Yeah, that was a little small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but but I I I just had faith, and I said it was it was all going to work out. Yeah, thank God it did. Yeah, because you figured you said this was happened back in two thousand and two. Two thousand two. Yes. Right. So that's like sixteen years 16 ago. Sixteen years ago. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. But um, you know, again, so you probably went from I'm just assuming, Lenny, that you went from I say, going to work every day, coming home, you know, interacting with your family, to having to go to work probably. Do the grocery shopping. Make sure the kids are off yeah, to school. Did that. To I do did that. all that. <laughs> With the help of my mother, I did all that. <laughs> Thank God for moms. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for moms. Yeah. But um, so Wanda was was there anything that um the doctors may have said to you that possibly could have prevented your condition or uh, was there? I mean, just anything. Whether there any medications you could have not taken, anything you could have not been doing, or Something that you could have been doing. Basically, they they didn't know the cause of uh, pituitary um, edema, um, and you know, as I said, the one that I had it was also on, on my optic nerve. Mm-hmm. So basically, I don't know if there was anything that I I could have did to avoid the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it it wasn't that that type of a uh, um, uh, illness. So, um, at least the doctors didn't, mm-hmm. were at that time, didn't, didn't tell me um, how it happened or, right. or what I could do to prevent it from happening. Wow. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a break and we'll come right back as soon as possible. Welcome back to JW's Brainwaves, where I'm your host, Jessica Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Shirley Brooks, and our two special guests, three special guests. I don't know why I keep saying two. <laughs> Joe, Miss <laughs> Wanda, and Mr. Lenny. Um, and they are sharing their amazing, amazing story. Miss um, uh, Wanda was sharing with us her experience with her brain injury, which was originally from the pituitary tumor. Um, that she had that sat on her optic nerve. 
which is insane. And it, it, it caused her to have um, some blindness or like, what is that, onset of blindness or something? I don't know. Um, and But, but... She was able to have um, a surgery a to successful get... surgery. Yeah. So, but I I just have a question. Um, after your successful uh, surgery, did you have to go through any type of brain rehab, such as cognitive or neuromuscular brain rehab, speech therapy, anything? No, I um, basically. Uh, in three months after after my surgery, I was I was back to work. Um, during my recovery, I just um, I had to take some steroids to to strengthen um, my optic nerve and everything. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't have to go to any type of rehab, which the doctors were were really amazed about oh, that's that. Great. Um, because initially they had told me that I could either be totally blind mm. or I um, would lose all my bodily functions mm-hmm. and um, as of this day I, I can see mm-hmm. um, I wear glasses but I can see mm-hmm. and um, I, I have all my bodily functions they may not be the best but <laughs> but they're there <laughs> but they're there yeah. and you're here yeah. yes and you're here but uh, that's great because usually people with um, brain injuries, uh, they generally do go through some type of rehab. You know, cause even Jessica, it's it's been over a year and she's still going to rehab. You know, she goes to a, a JFK head and, head and Brain Injury Center. Mm-hmm. I think I said that wrong. I think I said that wrong, but it's JFK <laughs> um, Hospital. But, Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's where yeah. I went to the New Jersey Neuroscience Institute. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she's still going there. She still goes to physical therapy. She, um, you know, I, I've noticed, you know, things that are still a little lagging, are still a little off with her. And, you know, although I haven't really sat down and, and talked with you in, in many, many years, but. Um, you appear to be perfectly fine to me. I'm really, really happy and really proud that you came through this. And, and for you to not have to go through any type of rehab, that's really amazing. That's yes. amazing. You know, it's a miracle within itself. I agree. You know, and um, a lot of people, you know, like I said, are just are not that fortunate. Um, they're still, you know, have to go through some type of rehab for many months, many years, even afterwards. Right. But um, I do just want to just really quick, just jump back to Lenny and discuss the caregiving side of this because I, I feel like you and I have a little bond going on there because I'm the caregiver um, for for Jessica and... Well, you can't you can't well, I do leave caregiving. out dad. dad well, for Jessica and, and her dad, I do some caregiving. So actually what I did was I kind of looked back um, over the last 24 hours. And I mean, because I was thinking about in what capacity did I do any type of caregiving within the past 24 hours? And I wouldn't share this with uh, Willie or Jessica, but I'm going to share this with everyone right now. So (laughs) I just want to make sure, you know... um, 
we we can get through this really quickly. But we're here in the Northeast. We just got through a um, nor'easter. We had about roughly anywhere from nine to twelve inches of snow that hit right here, uh, right here. And um, so, as a caregiver in this, in this household, I had to do ninety-eight percent of the shoveling and snow throwing. Okay. Okay. Ninety-eight <laughs> percent. Wow. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> I just like <laughs> what she just said. I'm like, wait, what? I was out there shoveling too. Yeah, you did that. You did about you did one and two percent. Yes, <laughs> but but let me just really quickly just go over again. You know, um, some of the caregiving that I had to do within the last 24 hours. Okay, now Jessica, she's got sticky notes everywhere around the house. Usually, you know. And she's not usually any type of shape to help out with many of the household chores. Okay, so I have to do a lot of the chores around the house. Now then we have her dad. Now, the, between the two of them, though, they consume a lot of my spare time. And I'm not saying this, you know, to play in a bad way, but I just want them to be able to see things from my perspective. And so, for example, my husband calls me or sends me a text yesterday. Could you pick up my meds from the drugstore? You know, which is out of my way. Uh, plus, you know, the meds are rarely ready for when I go to the drugstore. I always have to wait. Always got to call the doctor. Always got to, you know, call him. What's going on? The meds aren't here. You know, so, so then he also uh, texts me a little bit later on. Could you also pick up dinner? You know, because he's not feeling well, feeling very well. So he didn't cook anything. Okay. My husband retired. I'm still working. Okay. So now we have Jess. Okay. So Who is an angel? This morning. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Do we want to take a break? And when we come back, I'll jump into Jess. I, I think she just wants to say that I am the perfect daughter that she always wished for. But we'll take a break on that. <laughs> Welcome back to JW's Brainwaves, where I'm your host, Jessica Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Shirley Brooks, and our two special guests, three, three special guests. Why do I keep saying two? Yeah, three All right. special guests. We got three special guests. Okay, let's just <laughs> cut to the chase here. I want to finish up my story. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> so now we, we, we talked about my husband. Now we talk, now Jess, okay, within the last 24 hours. Actually, her, her story begins really this morning. Okay, Jess, I'm in the bed. Okay, Saturday is the only day of the week that I can sleep a little late. So I'm lying in the bed. Me and my husband, we hear a noise in the house. We're like, okay, we don't have rats. Bam, door opens up. Here in comes Jess. Jumps in the bed in between us. Okay. Why would you tell anybody about our personal roommate time? (laughs) What time is this? This is at roughly, we're probably around 8 o'clock now. But anyway, Jess, and now I've already sat up in bed. I was already awake. I've already made out my grocery list. I'm ready to go to the grocery store now because after doing what I, what I, the stuff that my husband wanted me to do, you know, by the time I got home, it was almost nine o'clock last night. And so I'm tired. I can't do the things that I wanted to do. 
So, I made my grocery list. I'm ready to go to the grocery store. Jess, in walks Jess. Uh, Mom, let's work on the format for the Saturday show. You know we're taping two shows today. It says, yes, Jess. So I'll need to solidify the topic and the research and write it down and break down my portion of the conversation. No problem. I said, okay, now I can't go to the grocery store. So. In my defense, you knew that about a week ago or two weeks ago. But I was shoveling snow for two weeks for the past two weeks. That's what, at least that's what it felt like. And so, but, but see, in between going to the to the drugstore for my husband, picking up dinner for my husband, working on the Saturday, the two shows with my daughter in the morning, I had to put off my things that I wanted to do. I'd planned to clean the house, start putting together my greenhouse, which I bought because I'm going to put together a greenhouse. I'm just trying to decide on what I'm going to plant. My cousin suggests I should do medical marijuana. I'm, <laughs> I'm seriously considering it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I have no parts in that. <laughs> the music and Shirley Brooks necessarily knows Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was going to work on the show, go to the grocery store, make... Uh, move and cut the tree that's blocking our walkway, okay? And as a caregiver, my needs are often pushed back, you know, to the back of the bus, okay? But when I get to them, I'm tired, and, you know, it just, you know, I've just done everything for everybody else, again, which I really don't mind. I really don't. But I just wanted you guys to see how much you, you know, how much stuff is thrown on my plate, and... um I try to do my best to get it all done, but by the time I get to my stuff, I'm like out of gas. So, really so Mr. Eleni, can you identify with um, stories like this that my mom? Yeah, I mean, not not the beautifully fabricated. You know, I, I would come home. I I'd come home from work. I'd, I'd cook. I help clean. I have the the both children would help clean clean the best they could and. Uh, you know, the, the, and work long hours. Sometimes I have to work overtime. Don't get home to two in the morning. Wow. And then turn around, have to go right back. Yeah. So I, I can, I can, I can yeah, sympathize with her. Mm-hmm. I, I know you. how it is, but you, you, <laughs> you, you come to just okay. You do it. Just do it. Yeah. You accept yeah. it and you do it. You know, like I said, it's not that I'm complaining or anything like that. But you know, and, but there's and, no me time. That's that's what happens. Yeah, when you think you're gonna have some me time, it'll, it it usually doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. It happen. doesn't happen. You know, and there was a there was a, a just a, a moment where I had to go back outside after being outside for three hours shoveling. I had to go back out later on that afternoon, and you know, my husband's standing there, and you know, and he's telling me how um, how bad he feels that I have to be out there and shoveling the snow. But, you know, as he's saying that to me, in my mind, I'm translating that into, you just don't want me out here shoveling in front of the neighbors. <laughs> you know? and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a groove. I've got my little shoveling thing going here. And, you know, and then he's standing there in front of me and, you know, still feeling bad. And I feel bad that he feels bad. But then, you know, again, in my mind, I want to say, could you move out the way? Because, like, I, I got this thing going here, and you're standing here <laughs> you're in the way. <laughs> yes. You know, you're holding up, you know, progress here. 
But, um, you know, again, I do feel bad for him because he feels bad that he can't help me with a lot of the things that he, he would, would like normally, to, that he would normally do, that he, he would like to do, you know. And I, I feel like I have to, to do the, the man role, the woman role, you know, I to be there for Jessica, you know, when I walk in the door in the evening, she usually has a barrage of questions, comments, concerns, you know, and I'm like saying to myself, you know, in my mind, I wish you would leave me alone. I'm tired, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but let me try to answer these questions as best I can so that she doesn't feel like I'm slighting her in any way. Well, we're going to so. take a break here and then when we come back, we're going to, uh, sorry. So now you want a break because I'm getting all this off my shoulder. But that's okay. We'll take a break. We'll come back later. We're, and then we're going to talk to Joe. Joe a little bit and find out some of his experiences with TBIs. Ooh. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to JW's Brainwaves where I'm your host, Shirley Brooks, and we have our co-host, Jessica Brooks. So listen, we're going to jump right in. We have our last guest, Joe Santaliquido. I want to get right to him because Joe's had a lot of experience dealing with people with uh, brain injuries. And I'd really like, I'm very interested to hear what he has to say about that. Well, first, a couple things. First off, to segue back to what you were talking about, it takes, first off, great strength to do what, what you guys have done. You know, it takes great strength and sacrifices uh, to do those things. The other thing, too, is we were talking to you guys about, Letty and Wanda, about how a very negative situation turned into an incredibly much more uplifting positive situation because it brought you that much closer. Right. What ways? Well, I I felt that um, going during this time that um, we became closer because I felt like I people that I love were, were there. They're, they're really going to stand by me, you know. Um, it gave me a feeling of, I want to live. You know, because sometimes you feel you're ready to give up. And I'll tell you, when you're in a hospital or in an operating room, you really need to feel the love of your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Because if you feel like you have nothing to go on for, then you're ready to give up, right. and and so you need to to have that feeling that, wow, I, I gotta I gotta pull through because they're fighting for me. I have to fight for myself. Right. So during that time, seeing my family fighting for me, I couldn't give up mm-hmm. on them. So just with that, that brought me closer and knowing that. You know, my family is real. Really loves me. Right. Um, not that I didn't think they loved me, right. but but they were sacrificing their lives and putting things on hold, on hold um, and taking care of me. Yeah. Um, I had uh, just uh, Daniel Franco, a fighter he fought last year. Uh, he's going to be the the Box Runners Association uh, most courageous. He suffered from. TBI. He gets he, he loses. He gets knocked out. He's fine. He gets back up. He's okay. And then within seconds he collapses. Mm-hmm. And they uh, he was in uh, an induced ten day coma. Wow. Uh, now uh, he uh, was able to feel the sun on his face this past Christmas because he was out. 
fishing out there in, in Santa Monica. And uh, what you find, first off, there's a far more greater awareness now than ever uh, across the board in all the major sports, with one glaring exception. And, and Real Sports covered this this past week on HBS Real Sports with Brian Gumble. Um, the NHL still doesn't nope. deal with mm-hmm. with concussions. They have what they call spotters. Right. You saw the same segment yeah, I, I, saw, I saw, and I saw and. Um, we, I, I, I specialize in it because I, I spoke with Eric Lindros okay. about that. I, I, I covered Eric Lindros. He was a star for the Flyers who suffered from five or six concussions, mm-hmm. still deals with uh, uh, agitation, different personalities that come, come forth with the, with the concussions. Um, and, and it does, I mean, there's, there is tangible proof. It leads to, at least, uh, in most cases, at least Alzheimer's. You know, you have two NFL legends, uh, Junior Seau and Dave, Dave Dorison, who committed suicide the same way. They blew their, their chest out to, to preserve their, their minds. Uh, but the NHL still does not recognize the fact that when you get slammed in the head, mm-hmm. you know, you have to take proper time. There, there, is no, there is no protocol. They have no protocol. They have what you would say spotters. Ah, I think he got hit in the head. I don't know whether or not he got hit in the head. After he just got done getting knocked out, mm-hmm. either by chucked against the boards or got hit during the course of a, a hockey fight, right? You know, so there's there's still there's still traces of ignorance mm-hmm. in the professional sports world, and we're talking about a billion dollar sport here in the, in the National Hockey League. Uh, the NFL still deals with it far better. Uh, you're dealing with uh, the other thing too that's happened. I've noticed in the NFL, you're dealing with a far number, far greater number of players that realize. This is it. I better, I better get my degree. Mm-hmm. There's a larger yeah. number That's right true. now, more so than ever, mm-hmm. to realize I'm going to play my five or six that. years. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my second contract and then get out of Dodge. You have Eagles like uh, our favorite, you know, Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm suffered from a concussion last year, and uh, Malcolm's a warrior. You know, mm-hmm. Malcolm wanted to go back in. He did go back in. He lied. <laughs> but he knows better. I mean, it's one of the things on his mind was, you know, his, his wife got on him. His mom and dad got on him. Everybody got on him. Yo, there's times you're, you're a hero. And I think a lot of these guys today are just like, you know what? I want to be able to count to 10. Right. You know, I want to be able to teach my children how to read. Um, you want to see. You have a situation you want with. You see um, one child instead of thinking you have twins and you're yeah. really just one kid. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm very close to uh, Brandon Brooks, the starting right guard for the Eagles. Brandon's working on his master's degree. You know, he's got to have one more contract, three or four years, and then he's got to get out. You have guys that are playing five or six years. Again, they get their money, and they're being smart with things, but they're setting things up where not all of their eggs are in the football basket. Mm -hmm. I even deal with, like, Jessica and I, just talking to those guys last night Mm -hmm. at the Maxwell Club dinner. A number of guys I covered through high school. Some I, 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 I started to cover in college. You know, first thing out of my mouth, not about football. Mm-hmm. Did you get the piece of paper? Did you get your degree? Yeah. Did you get your degree? Uh, Colin Thompson, uh, yep. Archbishop Wood High School. Uh, full ride to Florida. God bless him. He's a sweetheart. Came back to here, my alma mater, Temple. Graduated. He plays for the Chicago Bears now. And he's working on his master's degree. And I, I told him last night, I said, um, you know, listen, man, get, just get the money, get your cash, and then get out. Because, again, it's, it's um, it was a fortune because Jeffrey Lurie's a great owner. He cares about his people. He cares about his players. 
but to a lot of people in the NFL, and a lot of people in all these major sports, all of them, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, these guys are, these guys are, I hate to say it, they're pieces. They're so, pieces. They're, so do you see in the future, you know, the sports changing in the sense that more and more people are going to either take more precautions because of the head injuries or, and well, yeah, you change the game in a way with well, a little less contact? There's, yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot <clears throat> less contact. I mean, everybody was doing it on when Malcolm dropped Brandon Cooks and he knocked mm-hmm. him out of the game, which was a legal hit. Mm-hmm. But um, those kind of hits... You'd see nine or ten or twelve or fifteen those, of those kind of hits. I was a kid, you know, with Jack Tatum and George Atkinson of the Oakland Raiders. Yes. I mean, they would turn around and they would, they would try to kill you on a football field. They would try to kill you and literally try to kill you. The game is far different today. Um, some of the guys, some of the older guys, they say it's a lot more like rough touch <laughs> in comparison to, to when I was a kid or, you know, comparison, you know, yes. watch what you were going up. I mean, uh, you had Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell, you know, I mean, they're, they're laying with the guys. They're just, you know, they're, uh, those days. actually changed the, the game of yeah. the cornerback and how, they, how the receivers, they, they, they came up with the rules for the, for the cornerbacks that couldn't touch that bump and run. They after they yeah, after five yards. Yeah, yeah. So there's 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 a you lot of guys. Atkinson would would hit you in the solar plex mm. when he tackled you. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, and, and it's uh, still a rough game. It's still I mean any of us normal people get hit by those guys, we'd be dead. Um, it's still there's still some obviously semblance of violence in the NFL. Um, uh, hockey, it's 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 completely different too I mean I, I, I grew up as a child again with the Broad Street Boys the Philadelphia Flyers we're talking about five six seven fights a game wow. and they, yeah. might, they might be lucky in the NHL if there's five or six seven fights a month now yeah because um, I, I recall people saying yeah I want to go to a hockey game so I can see the fight yeah, yeah and that's why I want to go <laughs> but so I can see the fighting so, yeah but on, on that note we're actually going to take a break and then we'll come back and finish up with that thanks for listening guys and see you soon Welcome back to JW Brainwaves, where I'm your co-host. I'm your host, Shirley Brooks, and we have our co-host Jessica Brooks. And we were just speaking with Joe, and he was just giving us a little insight into some of his experience. So, Joe, jump right in. I'm not going to even do any backdrop. Well, Go right ahead. Um, and the other side, uh, the other sport that uh, I have a lot of involvement and passionate with is uh, is boxing. Um, uh, uh, you mentioned Rawway. Uh, I'm, I'm very close to Bernard Hopkins, who spent quite a bit of time in Rawway when he was younger. Um, and uh, Bernard again is smart enough to get out uh, when he still has his, uh, still has some some brain cells there. Uh, and I think again, that's also uh, you see that changing as well in, in boxing. You see people that are having maybe seven eight-year careers that are fighting two or three times a year, and these are the, the million-dollar fighters. But, um, again, the, um, the awareness is far, far greater than it's ever been in terms, of, in terms of head injuries, in terms of trauma, and especially in the sport of boxing where there is intent to traumatize the other guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Bernard's last fight, I mean, he got knocked out of the ring and landed on his head. Mm-hmm. So... Um, which uh, you know he, he he got back he recovered from um, 
that's never in the sport of boxing. That's, that's never going to change. Uh, what has changed in the sport is uh, again, fighters are far more educated. You know, it's not uh, it's not Don King telling <laughs> George Foreman here. There's a blank piece of paper. Please sign it. Don't yeah. take care. I'll fill in the rest, yeah, George. Right. It's it's you know those days are those days are not there anymore. These Good. guys, uh, Good. these guys come with attorneys. They they make sure that. Uh, to make sure that they're taken care of. Uh, I, I like the sport of boxing because uh, in a lot of cases, it's the fighters, especially the superstar fighters, that have their say. Mm -hmm. In the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, still for the most part, it's the owners. But in boxing, Floyd Mayweather, these are the deals. I'm presenting you with the blank slip of paper, mm -hmm. and I'll fill the rest out. Mm. So um, uh, that's where that... that that tide has changed, yeah. um, but it won't. It, it's not going to do anything in terms of um, brain injuries, you know. And that, mm -hmm. that's a shame. I know research is far greater. I know even at the grade school and high school level, I did a big piece mm -hmm. in the Philadelphia Daily News five six years ago on uh, second concussion second concussion syndrome where again, if a kid gets hit and gets concussed mm -hmm. at, at a certain age, I don't know exactly specifically what those ages were. I think they might've been between 12 and 19 or 12 and 21 while the brain is still developing. Mm -hmm. You can just even just, and obviously that's an exaggeration, just tap someone's head, they'll get the second concussion. But the second concussion will come that much more easier mm -hmm. right? after the first concussion between, between certain ages. Uh, there are things today that again are filtering down in the in, in the sport of football, where um, locally uh, a, a guy who's South Jersey based, I introduced Jessica to him last night. He's the head of Vices. Vices is a high tech, uh, multi million dollar company that are putting together these special helmets that a number of NFL teams are already wearing, mm -hmm. uh, and you don't even feel anything. Right. Any, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, That's progressive. Yeah, it, it is progressive, but the bottom line is it's never going to change. It's you know, in the NFL, yeah, the NFL would like to turn around and just say, hey, we're doing things to make it better. Yes, they're doing things to make it better, but the bottom line is uh, uh, these guys are still getting still hit in the head. Hit, right. And that's never, ever going to change. What's changing is the players today are wising up and saying, one, I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get my piece of paper in my hand. Two, I'll play for five or six years. I'll play for my time, and that's it. I'll play maybe to my second contract. I get paid, and then I'm going to get out. You mm -hmm. know, um, you have right now, by the way, and that's why there's a push, by the way, in the NFL, to make the sport far more international because their talent pool is shrinking. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, boxing, for example, today, if 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 Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali was coming up in Louisville, Kentucky, mm -hmm. he'd be a power forward in the NBA or an outside linebacker in the NFL. He wouldn't be a fighter. Mm. football is fearful because of the education that's going on and it should be out there with these head traumas at every level you have an incredible uh, I, I think this is the difference between I think maybe 5 to 6 million less kids in this country playing the yeah. game mm -hmm. yeah, well, you got the moms stepping and, up exactly. Saying, my exactly. kid is not going to be out there and that's it. why the NFL is trying to go out into China they're trying to go uh, they're playing more in London they're yeah. trying to get yeah. they're trying to grow their game more to where that athlete, big, strong, fast, that kid may want to try to try the NFL one day, you know. Because right now a lot of the the, the NBA beat them already, because mm -hmm. a lot of those a lot of those players and you're not getting hit in the head when you play basketball. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. So 
Uh, it's a sport right now that uh, it's already evolved in the last 20 years. You know, you, you've seen it. I've yes. seen it, Joe. It's, yes. it, it, and it's going to evolve even more. Um, 15, 20 years from now, uh, it, it may, it, and it probably will be overtaken by, by the NBA. And I know baseball is struggling with some things, but I think more and more people and more and more kids are going to play the sport of baseball. Yeah. You, you can play for 15, 20 years and make a hell of a lot of money. Right. Yep, you We're literally can play baseball until you're bad. <laughs> like, there's no age range or anything like that. Like, you literally can hang out until It's the you're last there. sport of the fat yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is that in baseball, that their pension plan is the best yeah. of all sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the sports, their pension plan is the best. With no head trauma, with yep. no, uh, with the ability to 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 have as normal or as close to a normal life as you can. Mm-hmm. I still see stuff. For example, I saw uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, five six years ago at a at a fight in Vegas. He was walking up the steps sideways because it was it was painful for wow. him. It was painful for him to walk. I mean, these guys here, now in the NBA, they're not dealing with the grind of the head, but they're dealing and with the grind knees, of the legs and the knees, knees and the ankles. Yeah. Every Dips. major Dips. athlete and every major sport makes sacrifices. Yep. In the sport of boxing, in the sport of, of hockey, in the sport of uh, football, regrettably, you know, the biggest sacrifices these guys make are the sacrifices of the head and head trauma. Yeah. So I guess that's why, what's his name? Uh, from LA, he wrote a children's book or a children's movie. Oh, uh, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, yeah. <laughs> I mean, from basketball to children's books. But hey, you know, I you guess get in where you fit in. Exactly. He's very bright, actually. Um, he knows like several different languages and. He speaks five different languages mm-hmm. fluently, and he's. He's 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 from my area and something else. I was just out of college and I wrote about a 13 year old kid named Kobe Bryant. That's crazy. As a freshman at Lower Marion High School. Really? Wow. Yes, he is. He's wow. 25, 30 minutes away from my home. He's the son of Joe Bryant and um, Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean Bryant and <laughs> the sister of uh, Chub, Chubby Cox. Chubby used to play for Villanova, and Chubby's sister married JB. So, I mean, he has it from both sides. And his sisters are, Kobe's sisters are like, I think one's 6'2", the other one's 6'4". So, but they all have it. They all have it going on. And Kobe was most likely, I mean, Dad was an assistant coach at the South. But Kobe most likely was probably going to go to Duke. Wow. If he went to school. Wow. Jeez. That's crazy. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Now, fast forward, he's writing children's books. (laughs) 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 Or movies, or whichever one it was he's doing. But I definitely want to thank you guys for coming and sharing your time with us on our show. Thank you, Lenny. Thank you, Miss Wanda. Thank you, Joe. Um, we really appreciate these moments. We really, ex- we really appreciate Miss um, Wanda you sharing your story and Mr. Yes. Lenny sharing your story as a caregiver. Um, it is important that we continue to share our stories with TBIs. It's important to share to continue to share um, our experiences and what we see on and off the field, on and off the court um, with TBIs. Um, And it it definitely gives hope. It definitely encourages us to go to the doctors or, you know. um, Right. And even even the lay person who really knows nothing about this, you know, I'm definitely learning something every week. And, you know, I'm much more informed, much more aware much more cognitive sure. 
Uh, yeah, it's 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 far greater in in, in, in fifteen years of covering high school sports. It's 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 far greater than it's ever been. Yeah, you know, yeah. in terms of in terms of what's going the on. Information that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to our listeners and our supporters. I hope to see you on March 24th at the Jazara's first annual paint and wine tasting event. And um, you guys can register to get your tickets at www.jazarasway.org. You hit the events tab and you can get your tickets there. And we are signing off. Thank you and talk to you guys soon. Have a great week.